Hello, Oma and Konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Freeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. I, of course, am talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This week, we've actually got two fight cards live from Fight Island over in Abu Dhabi. We are going to be just breaking down the very first of those cards today as part of our Wednesday fight card, which is headlined by Danny Gay versus Calvin Cater. Of course, those of you who know the show and frequent it know we will just be breaking down the prelim portion of that card. For those of you who are new to it, you might be asking yourself, why just the prelims? Why aren't we breaking down the entire card or, or even just the main card where, where the really exciting fights are? And the answer is really simple. We, we think there's probably a lot of value to breaking down prelims, which are things you probably don't know that much about. You can get a lot of good play in gambling and a lot of good play in daily fantasy sports. And speaking of daily fantasy sports and gambling, I would be remiss if I did not mention that this episode of the Prelim Primer is brought to you by AJ's ActionPackSportsBets.com. You can find him once again at AJ's ActionPackSportsBets.com. The link is in the show notes. Unlike the other companies who offer gambling advice, AJ's is not just a list of fighters or teams to put money down on each week. He educates you. He does so much more because he wants you to know the whys and the hows. And he does this through in-depth breakdowns that get sent right to your inbox for both gambling and DraftKings. As a matter of fact, after this past event, the big one at Fight Island, he showed you how he won this past weekend big on DraftKings using a couple of different methods that he uses. He sent it in a very easy-to-digest YouTube video. Highly suggest checking it out. And I highly suggest checking all of his stuff out, including his extensive record, his past breakdowns, and his customer success at AJ'sActionPickSportsBets.com. And you can also follow him at Twitter, at AJMMABetting. You will not be sorry you did. And of course... I need a co-host to break down these exciting fights that are coming up this Wednesday. And I have leaned upon one of my old faithfuls, Kurt Chase Patrick from the Fixed Fights podcast with Kurt and Ben. Kurt, thanks so much for joining me, man. Hey, man. Always a pleasure to be on the show. I'm happy to do it again. All right, guys. So as always, we're going to start this round by putting five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about John Phillips versus Kamzat Chimaev. So... Phillips had lost three in a row, although one of those was somewhat questionable to Jack Marshman. And then he rebounded by knocking out Alan Amandowski in just 14 seconds. Chimeyev is going to be making his UFC debut. He's 6-0 and coming from Brave CF, where he beat the likes of somebody like Sidney Wheeler, who's, you know, usually pretty good. He is coming up from welterweight to fight at middleweight for this fight. Now, here's my question for you, Kurt. You know, Phillips has looked fallible in his UFC stint. But obviously, there's a big experience difference here. Five times the amount of fights for Phillips as there is for Chimeyev. Does Chimeyev have the youth and the skill set to overcome that experience gap? That's a that's a tough question, right? Because <clears throat> Phillips is definitely more experienced. He's got a ton of fights on his record. Uh, I'm not sure what his actual record is off the top of my head. I should have wrote that. Actually, I have it right here. Yeah, he's 22 and nine compared to what six and zero for uh, Chimeyev. Um, and also, you know, taking the fight on relatively short notice, moving up, it seems like a lot is stacked against Chimeyev, but watching him, reading about him, he seems like he's one of the top prospects coming out of the area. Um, I, I expect big things out of him. As far as this fight, though, I'm not totally sure. And one thing about Phillips is he does pack a ton of power. He has 20 knockouts on his record, so the guy can definitely punch, and he's at a bigger weight class as well. Yeah, and that's really my worry here with Chimeyev. Like, he's a guy who sort of relies on getting his opponent to the mat. Not that he doesn't look good on the feet, too, but 
he would much rather have this fight on the ground, especially against a guy like John Phillips. And usually I would say, you know, he's definitely going to take John Phillips down, right? He's got better technique. He's got the better takedowns, but he is going up in weight. And John Phillips is a very strong, bulky, uh, 185er. So it, he, there is going to be a noticeable size difference, I think, and a noticeable strength difference. I, I guess then just the question when we're, we're making our final predictions on this one. Do you think that difference matters long enough for Phillips to be able to land the big shot on the feet? Yeah, I do. I, I'm I'm going to go Phillips here. I think. Uh, in, in another thing too, I I really do think his back is against the wall. Like you said, he was he started his UFC career off with three fights uh, with three fight losing streak. He finally tasted victory in his last fight. I think he's going to ride the momentum. I think he's going to catch Chimaev and put him away. Uh, I'm going to go first round. All right, I'm actually going to go different with you on this one. I'm going to take Chimaev, and I think just because I trust that at some point he'll get Phillips down, and I really, I'm really low on Phillips from a defensive grappling standpoint. So I'm going to go with Chimaev. I'm going to say he probably doesn't get the submission, just, again, based on the size and experience difference here, and I'm going to say he rides him out for a three-round decision. And that brings us to our second fight, which is Chris Fishgold versus Jared Gordon. Fishgold won and two in the UFC. He got beat by Kelvin Cater in his debut, then choked out Daniel Tamer in his second fight, followed up by getting beat by Makwan Amirakani, which, as we saw this past weekend, certainly no shame in that. Jared Gordon's one and three in his last four. He's got losses to uh, Carlos Diego Fajeda, Joaquin Silva, and Charles Oliveira, all really tough opponents in that. All three of them knocked him out. And then he did have a win in the middle there against Dan Moret by decision. So obviously not really a great look with three KO losses in his last four fights, but this doesn't seem like a guy in Chris Fishgold who can knock out Jared Gordon. Is this the ideal kind of matchup for him? Yeah, so the thing with Fishgold, Fishgold is actually also a very good grappler as well. Um, but again, going against Jared Gordon, Jared Gordon also has wrestling background. He's a good grappler himself, man. I honestly, this is, you know, aside from the main event, this might be my favorite fight on the card and this this prelims does have a couple sneaky good fights and this is definitely one of them um i do like how fiscal does match up against gordon though yeah i like how he matches up against him too you did make a really good point though about gordon having that wrestling background i, I am a little bit worried that if Fishgold can't get him to the ground i don't think he's got an advantage on the feet what, what do you think of if this this fight stays on the feet i'm, I'm actually with you there i think i think I think this is tough for Fishgold because Gordon, like you said, he does have a good wrestling background, and I think he can't hang on the mat. And if it does stay on the feet for any, um, you know, long periods of time, if Fishgold can't get him down and grind down, I do think Gordon has a definite advantage there. And I also think he has a cardio advantage as well. So, yeah, I think the longer it stays on the feet, the more it's going to favor Jared Gordon, especially the longer the fight goes. All right, so we're just about to the end of the first round here. you got to give me your prediction. Who do you got and how do you got him? Jared Gordon, uh, unanimous, unanimous decision in a fun fight. Yeah, I'm going to do the same exact thing. I, I like Jared Gordon here by decision. And, and just for the idea that you outlined that, you know, I just don't think Fishgold is going to be able to control in the grappling exchanges. And as a result, he's probably going to get beat on the feet. And that's going to do it for the end of our first round. We're going to take a quick break and come back with our second round in just a moment. I would like you guys to just listen to what subscribers are saying about AJ's actionpacksportsbets.com. I've been following AJ for several months and he's ultra impressive, but honestly his winning selections and return on investment 
are not even the main reasons he's impressive. His breakdowns and understandings of matchups is what has impressed me the most. It can be hard to separate your emotions and your favorite fighters in this game, but AJ really seems to be able to objectively break down each fight with pinpoint accuracy and not let emotions get in the way. He comes highly recommended in my book, and that quote is from George. And I fully agree here with George, and I think you will too, if you check out AJ at AJ's ActionPackSportsBets.com. And we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Ricardo Hamosh versus Lerone Murphy. So Hamosh is 5-1 and one in the UFC. He's now won two in a row with wins over Journey Newsom and Eduardo Garagori. Murphy drew in his UFC debut, which was a short-notice fight back in September against Zabira Tugov. So obviously, both of them have a very fun range striking game. I mean, they're both good in the clinch, too, but their range striking game is kind of what excites me the most. How do you see the interaction between those two playing out? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a really interesting match because, you know, Murphy's getting no favors here, right? He, you know, he debuted against Zubaya Takugov, who's very good, and now he's getting Ricardo um, Hamos, who's, who's a stud in his own right. Uh, I think it's going to be very fun on the feet, man. I think I think they both strike very well. They're both very slick. Um, and it might be one of those fights where it comes down to, you know, if someone can land his takedown, no takedown, or they might just go at it for, uh, you know, three rounds, kind of like uh, – Takugov and uh, Murphy did in their last fight. Absolutely. And do you have a, a person in this fight that you think might go to the takedown, might use that to steal a round or two? Do you think Murphy or, or Hamos is more likely to do that? If I had to guess, it would be Hamos. He does have some subs on his record. Um, I would guess Hamos would be the one to take it to the mat. Yeah, and that's certainly uh, my thought as well. And I also think that that gives him a little bit of an edge in this fight too, being that Murphy is, I think, a little bit more pure of a striker. He's a guy who probably doesn't blend the different aspects of MMA quite as well as Hamos does. And Hamos has had some really high-level experience, too. you got to remember this is a guy who fought against uh, Ayman Zahabi and a couple other like really top-level UFC guys. Um, so he, he's got high-level of experience in there. Who are you going with? How are you going with him? So one other thing to note, too, uh, Hamos has slowed down in the past. I know he's moved up to featherweight, so that hopefully that will – address some of those concerns, but I'm going to go with Murphy here. I think he's got a lot of promise. I think he keeps the record undefeated and he wins by unanimous decision in another fun fight. That, that's a good pick. I'm actually going to go the opposite way though. I think Hamos, and, and for that reason you mentioned, maybe stealing a round or two with a takedown here. I'm going to take him here because I think he's probably got the wrestling. He likes to fight in the clinch too. So the fact that he might move it to the clinch and work a takedown from there, I'm going to give it to him. So I'm going to go Hamos. I'm going to go decision too though. Cause I think Murphy has shown in that Tugov fight that he is very tough. Uh, and that brings us to our next fight, which is Modest- Modestas Bukakskis versus Andreas Michalaitis. There's some tough European names to work our way through. So Bukakskis, 10-2, making his UFC debut. He was the Cage Warriors champion. All six of his last fights have ended in finishes for him. So he's on an absolute roll. Michalaitis is 12-3, making his UFC debut as well. He recently fought back in December at a uh, company called Global Legion. Before that, he beat UFC veteran Marcel Fortuna, so he's got some high-level experience. Uh, obviously, Bukakis is the one who comes in here with tons of hype because he's a Cage Warriors champion. We've seen how that's gone in the UFC. Should we all be buying into that hype? I think so, man. You know, I watched some of his fights coming into this. He moves really well for his size. He, uh, he's he got some great elbows, powerful flurries, um, 
yeah, he, he's very bursty. I, I really like his stand-up. And what I've seen from uh, ooh, <laughs> Michelidis, he's also a a solid striker, but I think he's going to be noticeably slower in this fight. And uh, I think uh, Bukakis, yeah, this is these are some tough <laughs> names. But I think he's going to be, be able to, uh, you know, outwork him with his speed advantage and uh, power here. Absolutely, and I think, too, it's worth noting that Andreas Michaelitis is a guy who has fought down at middleweight before in the past, which gives me a little bit of a pause here, because Bukowskis is a very, very, very physically strong 205-er. We're seeing these guys getting these short-notice fights coming in, fighting people much bigger. It always gives me pause when you're moving up a weight class. He might be a little slower in addition to that, so like usually if you're moving up a weight class, you're the faster guy, but I think you're dead on with that. I still don't think even moving up a weight class, he's faster than Bukakis. So, yeah, I'm buying the hype on Bukakis, too. I'm not sure quite what the ceiling is for him, but I think this is definitely not it. This is a great fight for him. Uh, how do you got him winning it? I got him winning in the first round. I think he's going to, uh, yeah, I think he's going to come out fast and strong. I think he finishes him. I'm going to go crazy here. I'm going to go he finishes him within a minute. Something, oh. something highlight reel. Wow, that is that is a big prediction. I'm going to take him in the first round, too, though. I, I think he, he gets an early KO here just because, you know, like you said, he flurries. When, when he pours it on, he pours it on. So I fully expect to see him pour it on here in the first round. And that's going to do it for the end of our second round. we got three more fights to talk about in the third round, and we'll be right back with those after a quick word from our sponsors. So this is just a reminder that this show is brought to you by AJ's ActionPackSportsBets.com. That link is up in the show notes. You can check him out there. One of the awesome things that AJ does for you is that he sends you not just his picks for the week, but also pros and cons for every single matchup, along with his thoughts on DraftKings matchups, which includes things like who might be highly owned and who might be a little bit less owned. And, and that way you can really manipulate how you're going to win this upcoming weekend. And, and he doesn't stop there. He also provides ex- extensive audio and video information for his clients he gets ready for the cards by giving you literally all he's got so make sure that you check out aj's actions pack sportsbets.com and contact aj get in on his picks now and we are back with round number three we got three more fights to talk about here in the third round so we're gonna put five minutes on the clock and we're going to start this round by talking about Jack Shore versus Aaron Phillips. So, Shore, 12-0 and 0 in his MMA career. He won his UFC debut back in September with a rear naked choke over Noel and Hernandez. Phillips was in the UFC prior. He was 0-2 during his stint all the way back in 2014 with losses to Sam Cecilia and Matt Hobar. There's some names. Uh, he's won five straight since then. He recently fought for Valor, which is a pretty decent ro- local promotion. But I'm going to be honest, kind of surprising that Phillips got another shot so soon, even with the five in a row. He didn't look real great in his UFC stint. Is this just the easiest fight to call on the entire card? Um, You know, I honestly like I like the dynamic of Phillips leaving, going on a run, coming back. But, uh, yeah, he, he's running into a buzzsaw here, man. And I'm honestly surprised I don't have Jack Shore on the main card. I'm glad we get to talk about him a little bit because Jack Shore is an absolute stud. He's one of those dudes where you kind of look at him and watch his fights and, and watch him, and he seems like he has that it factor, right? So I think uh, I think this is probably one of the easier ones to call on the card. But I do like the dynamic of uh, Phillips being hungry and coming back for it. 
Yeah, I do too, for sure. It, it's good to see that they brought back a guy who had a tough run in the UFC because he did prove himself outside of the UFC. You know, like five straight wins is, is definitely good. Sometimes they just are real harsh on those guys who went 0-2 and, and left. And, and yeah, I think you're 100% right. Jack Shore is an absolute stud. So like, it, it's a tough comeback fight for Phillips. Hopefully he gets another one for, for agreeing to step in and fight a hyper prospect. I got Shore by early submission, probably. How do you got him? Yeah, it's kind of a take your pick, right? Jack Shore's got some subs on his record. He's got KOs on his record. He's got a lot of length. Um, uh, just just for the sake of being different, I'm going to go Jack Shore by a first round TKO. I think he, I think he hurts him and finishes him on the mat. All right, I like that. Now we're going to move on to our second fight, which is Jorge Gonzalez versus Kenneth Bird. Gonzalez 16 and four, making his UFC debut. He's got wins over Luke Barnett, which is a pretty impressive win. He's mostly fought over in Europe. Berg, meanwhile, is 8-0, making his UFC debut. While he does have an undefeated record, he did lose on the Contender Series, although that loss was overturned due to his opponent, Tricoli, testing positive afterwards. So that gets erased, becomes a no contest. He's back to 8-0. Now, this fight, fun fact, was actually supposed to be on the Liddell Ortiz 3 main card, which is pretty exciting. I'm a little bit more high on Berg here because I I prefer watching a, a solid grappler over a solid striker. Which one do you like in this yeah, it, it's kind of like that that you know grappler versus striker matchup. Uh, Gonzalez definitely likes to throw those bungalows, whereas uh, Berg, you know, I think he has, he, I don't know, he has like he has like six or something submissions on his record, I believe. Um, yeah, six submissions, two KOs. So you know, both of these guys finished their fights. Um, they're big guys, though. I'm gonna go with uh, Gonzalez here. I think he's gonna come out throwing haymakers. I think he's gonna catch something. Man, I'm going to keep that first-round trend going. I think he gets him out of there in the first. Oh, that's a bold prediction, too. And, and yeah, he does come out throwing, too. I, I'm glad you used the word bungalows. That made my day. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I think he comes out throwing, too. I just think maybe one level change here from Berg, well-timed. Have him throw a punch over the top. He winds up on his back. And uh, I, I like Berg's submission skills. So I'm going to go with Berg. Uh, I'm going to go first round, too, though, and I'm going to go submission for Berg. All right, I can now, totally see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's one way or the other, right? It is a first-round knockout right, exactly. for, for Gonzalez, or it's a first-round submission for Byrne. And otherwise, we're, we're in a third-round really ugly decision. Like, yeah, that, that's guys the, tired, <laughs> hanging all over the place, yeah. Exactly. Get him out of there in the first. Exactly. Hopefully. We'll keep our fingers crossed. And that brings us to our last fight, which is uh, Deanna Belbita versus Liana Jojua. Belbita 0-1 with a decision loss to Molly McCann in her debut. Jojua also 0-1. She got ground and pounded out by Sarah Morris. So uh, obviously neither looked real great in the debut, but at least Jojua is now moving down to her more proper weight class. She was taking a short notice fight against Sarah Morris up a weight class, so giving up lots of poundage here. Do you think that makes a big enough difference here for her to look good against Belbita? Um, I think it could. You know, getting stopped by Sarah Morris is a little bit concerning, but again, she was up a weight class. Um, but man, I watched some of Belbita's fights coming into this. She's a lot of fun. She's uh. A little bit wild, right? But she's she's not afraid to bite down on her mouth guard and throw punches. She's also got some pretty decent grappling. Um, and Jojoa is or Jojoa, I apologize for these names, but she's a good grappler in her, her own right. She's very slick on the mat, so I think this has a lot of potential to be uh, like a barn burner, right? Some good grappling exchanges, some good strikes on the feet. I think it's gonna be a fun one. I think it's going to be a fun one, too, and I, I think you're right. Like, if it does go to the ground, I think Jojo is fun enough off of her back even that this could be a really exciting fight. 
I just don't think she has the decision making to get it to the ground, right? Like, I don't think she's got the wrestling. I don't think she's going to like try to pull guard or anything. So I think as long as Belvita wants this on the feet, I think it stays on the feet. And I don't think that ends well for Jojua. Uh, because, you know, it, it looked like she got outstruck a little bit by Sarah Morris, who is not, yeah. not a world beater on the feet, right? Like, the, no. the, you can say what you want about Sarah Morris. Her grappling is great in some, some aspects, but like, her striking is not great. So like, if she got outstruck by her, I expect her to get outstruck by Belbita. And if she isn't the one being able to take it to the ground, I mean, Belbita would have to make a, a mistake for her to lose here. So I'm going Belbita by decision. How about you for our final pick? I am also going with Belbita by decision. Uh, I think she gets it done. But like I said, I think it's going to be a fun fight with some, uh, some up and downs. Absolutely. And it is going to be a fun fight card. So we hope you guys tune in for it. And we hope this helped you out. That was seven fights in about 15 minutes, so we hope you are now much more knowledgeable. I want to thank my co-host, Kurt Chase Patrick, from the Fix Fight Podcast with Kurt and Ben. Thank you so much for joining me, man. Always a pleasure, man. I can't wait to do it again.